0: Topeka Mayor Michelle De La Isla announced she wouldn't seek re-election months ago. So what are her plans after office, and what has she been doing recently? Her time as mayor is winding down, and she has a new job. I caught up with her and Jim Biltner of the Draper Richards Kaplan Foundation. My name is Blaise Mesa, and you're listening to the news from our city. Um, Michelle, I'm wondering, the mayoral primary is August 3rd. Do you miss campaigning? Do you wish you were knocking on doors right now? No. (laughs)
1: Um, In in, in all honesty, look, I I had a moment in time in which we were doing that, as you know. That was a regular part of my mayoral duties. Um, when When I got elected, our team, and I say we because I have a beautiful team that still works with me, we door knocked every month. We door knock in the low-income neighborhoods to make sure that we could just show up at their NIAs, bring some food and hang out and just hear about their concerns. It's a beautiful process. I love door knocking. I love engaging with people one-on-one, but I feel like at this point of my life, uh, that's not something that I wanna do. I wanna make sure that if I'm organizing, I'm organizing organizations. I'm making sure that I am helping others create impact and I'm excited for those individuals that are in the primary that are gonna get to do that this year because it's a great experience.
0: So I think the weather has been particularly unkind with rain and 100 degree temperatures the last week. Does that make you miss it anymore? You don't have you to trudge? You
1: know I can paint in the snow. So I think that people can grab their umbrella and go door knock.
0: <laughs> and then are there any priorities, anything you want to get done before you leave office? I imagine the budget, yes, something you want to take care of. But is there anything else that comes to mind?
1: You know, when I look back at the last few years, I think of things like the East Topeka Learning Center being planted where it's at. I think of us having a transportation program that is pretty unique, that is being funded by economic development dollars. I think of the fact that we have a flag that everybody is wearing now and, you know, it's sexy and awesome and everybody has a sense of pride of our community. We have a housing trust fund, which is something that if you look back at the record, I was the only one that voted for that solo vote. Um, trying to establish it and fund it. And now we have a housing trust fund to help us, you know, build homes for families in need. I could keep going about the things that we've done in Topeka. So I think that at this point in time, you know, as we wrap up, my tenure is making sure that we continue that spirit of inclusive uh, inclusive prosperity that we've been talking about in our community. That is, you know, something that's not happening. Well, it's it's happening after George Floyd in many communities, but we were talking about it before it was, It was necessary because the pressures of society were calling for it. Um, So I'm looking forward to the next iteration of the new mayor, continuing those crucial conversations in our city.
0: Mm -hmm. And while I'd like to talk about budget stuff all day, that's not exactly why I brought you on, because you're with the Draper Richards Kaplan Foundation. And if we pull up your staff page, it says you're the managing director. And as managing director of that foundation, you will lead DRK's Midwest Presence Building Partnerships, sourcing new investments and working with the leadership of those organizations as an operating partner and board member to grow and and create maximum impact. But what exactly does that mean? What are the day-to-day duties of your new position like?
1: They are pretty varied. I have not just that as a role, but the other role that I have is finding partners here in the Midwest that are interested in seeing uh, our mission of making sure that we are tackling the world's largest problems. We have a dream and we are going to make it happen of impacting 300 million lives. We've already impacted 150 million lives and you know, what, what I'm doing is bringing in partners into that mission. I'm also making sure that we are bringing together mayors from across the country, not only to ensure that we have our sights set on the right problems that are happening across our country, but also to learn from them um, what are the, the, the things that we should be tackling and to learn from them where our social entrepreneurs that we should be partnering with. Um, And then, of course, there's the the managing director role, which is working with the other nonprofits or for-profit organizations that are doing good work across the world. And I would have the privilege of not only help be part of the diligence process, very much like a venture capital firm. We're doing it, but with philanthropy. So we look for awesome organizations. They go through a due diligence process. And after that happens, once those organizations are successful, then a managing director like myself gets to sit on the board and support them in their aspects of trying to help them grow their impact in the world.
0: I think you said trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. That may mean something different to everybody else, but do you have any examples in mind that you'd like to share with us?
1: Absolutely. Um, Jim, feel free to chime in on this one. But I, one of the things that I love about our organization is that we're pretty agnostic when it comes to the cause. We have everything from organizations that are trying to figure out how to keep kids in school, like Vault. Um, we have organizations like The Well, CDC, that's in uh, Ohio, Middlebury that is focusing on rehabbing this whole neighborhood and also figuring out how to provide empowerment for the residents in the area and helping people move from you know, transient housing into you know, a sustainable house that they can eventually buy. Um, we have organizations that are dealing with energy Um, that are trying to figure out how to provide renewable energy in war zones. Um, I mean, so in conflict zones, I wouldn't say war, but conflict zones. Um, I mean, you name it, we're doing it. We have organizations in Africa that are doing really cool things like figuring out how to provide internet access for individuals at like really inexpensive ways or organizations that are helping people with medical care um, that typically wouldn't have access to specialist care, but we are involved in all of these things um, so that you kind of have an idea when we talk about impact. One of the organizations that inspires me the most is Education Superhighway because what, one of the things that makes our organization very special is we are not interested in doing band-aid work. Um, you could work with a nonprofit organization, give a little bit of dollars, and then feel really good about the fact that you gave money. We are interested in really figuring out how do we move the lever so that we can solve a problem. Education superhighway is one that every time I hear about it, I just like get all excited. You have this entrepreneur that figured out because of his daughter's school that the school did not have appropriate bandwidth. So he starts going into this deep dive understanding why we don't have proper bandwidth in his school, figures out the situation, goes to the federal, gets invited to, you know, to the White House for something, tells somebody in the White House, hey, we have to figure out a way to fix this for schools. The guy says, hey, why don't you figure it out? The guy gets dives even deeper, figures it out. We, thanks to this organization, now have every school across the country has the proper bandwidth that they need in order for them to provide quality education and using internet access. Um, So that's the kind of inspiring, really big thinking things that we like to work with. Um, We're very focused on scaling good things. Um, figuring out how we are able to take organizations that maybe are are impacting 1,000, 2,000 lives and helping them go from 10,000 to millions. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Jim, where did I miss up?
2: You, you didn't miss up anything. You got it all right. And um, one thing, too, is we're not strangers to Kansas, uh, in addition to the mayor joining us. And We've been on a search for somebody like Michelle for quite a long time and trying to find somebody who understands how to address inequities, uh, who understands the role of mayors in addressing these kinds of uh, issues that our society faces. And let's be clear, the pandemic's impact in this country revealed, among many things, all the pre-existing inequities that existed. And Michelle's commitment to address that, both through her role as mayor and now in her role with us, and to to help address those inequities in the Midwest, in Kansas. And as I said, one of our senior partners is Rob Kaplan, who is from Kansas and deeply committed to Kansas. He's now the president of the Dallas Federal Reserve Bank. And then one of our strategic advisory board members, Kathleen Sebelius, who was the former governor of Kansas. And... The former Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, and also a very deeply committed uh, person to Kansas, gives us this ideal moment in time to be able to materially drive more equitable uh, solutions for vulnerable populations across Kansas and across the Midwest. And that's why we're so excited to be able to do this.
0: How much of the work then is centered in Kansas? The foundation itself, I know, is a little more throughout the U.S. And I think some of your titles, Michelle, have Midwest in there. Do you find yourself going through all the states around or is there a lot of Kansas work?
1: Well, right now we are collaborating with two Kansas organizations trying to understand the ecosystem. My job will be specifically to try to understand where are organizations that are doing the the impact work that we want to support um and um so we will be starting to work in kansas okay and also throughout the midwest well
0: and the job is not obviously the same job as a mayor but it kind of sounds like there are some things that line up you'd mentioned figuring out broadband and addressing those issues that's something topeka city council is doing right now i didn't know if that was kind of what had drawn you there is that there were some similarities between addressing inequities as mayor versus addressing inequities in this position
1: what drew me to the job? Uh, oh, Jim, take it.
2: You know, yeah, let me, just, let me answer that from our perspective, which uh, the foundation has made 194 investments to date. Uh, for the majority of those investments, these early stage organizations are actually developing models that can show government what's possible And ultimately, the end game for most of our organizations is government adoption. So having Michelle on our team uh, will enable us to speed the process of being able to help mayors see what's possible in their communities and to help address those issues, because that's directly uh, what the foundation does. Go ahead, Michelle.
1: And Blaze, what really drew me to the organization is that's the organization has everything that I ever dreamt of doing for the rest of my life. So I have always been very clear that I felt like being a tri-sector leader, having been involved with corporations, being involved with the government uh, in, uh, organizations, and also being involved with nonprofit was always a means for me to be able to have the capacity to serve, but also to have an understanding of systems. Um, and I want to spend my life just in service, trying to figure out how do we bring together these three sectors to really tackle root cause issues. Um, so when I learned about the Draper Richards Kaplan foundation and I learned about the role of the managing directors, I, it was an immediate match because it was a job description that I had in my dreams that I never knew existed.
0: Mm Well, and. Let me clarify one thing. Have you been there for a month or two, two months? Because you've been in this role for a little bit of time. Is that right? Two months. Okay. Actually,
1: April, yeah, two months. Hmm.
0: So what has the last few months been like trying to manage, I guess, still some of your duties as mayor and the budget? It feels like a really crazy time to be taking on a new job.
1: Um, It is. It is pretty crazy. Um, The the cool thing about this is that when Jim and I and Stephanie Carana, the COO, were talking about me joining the organization, um, one of the things that really inspired me was the fact that Jim and Stephanie were committed to ensuring that I completed my term. Um, they understood that there was going to be ebbs and flow and um, and I was also committed to make sure that I was doing the work that I promised that I was going to do. So we have this agreement that um, they understand that I am constantly in between meetings and that Tuesdays are pretty much for the most parts off base because I, I start the morning really early and you know, because you get to enjoy those council meetings with me, um, that we leave super late at night. Um, but it's, it's part of it. And then once a once a month, I'm trying to make sure that I'm in one of the offices. That way I could just like focus on everything else that I have to do. But you are right. The time is crazy. And not only crazy because we have the budget, but it's also crazy because we're reopening. And you and I run into each other in a lot of ribbon cuttings or parades or stuff that's happening in the community because we're starting to get back that momentum that we have.
0: I think you just touched on yeah, we were.
2: Go ahead. I just I mean, we were super clear with Michelle that her constituents come first, no matter what, during her term. And we were also, as she said, super clear that we wanted her to finish her term and to serve out um, in the best interest of her constituency. And by the way, uh, we're not strangers to public service. I've been a selectman in my hometown in, in the past. And so know how important that is uh, to be able to respond to the needs of your community. And so there's never a conflict because uh, uh, the voters of Topeka come first. And
0: then, Shia, I want to touch on something you had said just a second ago and how this was like the dream job you didn't really know existed. So how does this kind of fit with your long term life goals then?
1: This is it. I mean, I I wanted to spend my life. I mean, if, if you would have asked me um, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, I would have told you, because I told this to my friend Katie who got me connected with the organization. I wanted to spend my life either building a foundation um, that dealt with root cause issues and made sure that we could start fixing some of the biggest problems across the world. Because I wanted, I wanted that impact to be global. Or figure out a way of partnering with a major global nonprofit that was tackling these source of you know inequity uh, issues of inequity. So I mean, if if I can, I I would love to be able to retire from this organization and 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 stay here for the long run. I mean the. The people that that work in this organization, I still have to pinch myself. And you want to talk about imposter syndrome? I have imposter syndrome every day that I go and show up at work um, because <laughs> the people that I get to work with are just out of this world. Um, the hearts, the 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 focus that is outside. Because a lot of times when you when you get to work with foundations. You, you work with organizations and individuals that feel like they have all the answers. So they're like, here's my money and do what I want you to do. This organization is the complete opposite and the solution to that. This organization is, we know we don't have all the answers. We're gonna look for the people that are actually doing the work and we wanna support them. And our focus is not about me, our focus is about them and the people that we're serving and, and remembering every day how privileged we are that we get to do the work that we're doing. Um, so, yeah, I want to I want to be taken out of the casket from my office, wherever that office is going to end up being.
2: All right. Well, I'm glad we have this recorded, Michelle. So now we have to ask it. And the feeling is for sure unusual.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm a little curious. So the the foundation has offices in Europe, Massachusetts, California, and another in San Francisco. But you're staying local in Topeka. So did you have to do some convincing to get them to stay here? How did that work?
1: Actually, absolutely not. It was kind of funny because I was telling Jim that I, I I was open to traveling if you know, because I knew that we had different offices, and I told Jim that I'm addicted to the smell of jet fuel, so um, I love to travel. Uh, and Jim was just like, yeah, uh, no, but I want you to stay in Kansas. <laughs> You're not leaving there. Right. So there was exactly. actually no exactly. need of convincing. He wanted me here. Okay.
0: And then how does this life shift, I guess, compare to others? Because what I'm wondering by that is if you've picture someone's life you imagine graduating from college becoming a mother those are pretty crazy changes in life And then you have those on top of becoming a mayor and now doing this it feels like there's a new big adventure every few years how does this compare to what's happened in the past
1: uh this this is coming at a really interesting place in my life um because I really didn't expect to get here right now. I thought that I was going to end up going to school and then maybe finding this location. Um, but it's this is all happening in a really interesting place where my daughters are both like my oldest daughter graduated, my younger daughter graduates next year. Um, I'm going to go to school next year. Um, I mean, so it's just like this is it's so everything is so exciting. Like I get to wake up every morning and I and I seriously. I say it and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold the cheesy grin that I have in my face. But it's like I wake up every morning. I still cannot believe that I get to do this. So this feels surreal. It's the best way to describe it. It all feels very surreal to me.
0: You said you're going to school next year. I'm imagining that's college. Did I hear correctly when someone said you're going to Harvard or somewhere in Boston? Or mm-hmm. have I just picked the, uh, That's you're going to Harvard? Yeah. Okay, I think we need to talk a little bit about that. What do you go in to study? Um, college scares me for the most part. I graduated. I'm done. I've done my piece. But you wanted to go back because you graduated from Wichita State already. Yep. Okay. So what what's coming up at Harvard then?
1: Uh, Mid career master's in public administration.
0: Okay. What exactly is that? I think I have my guesses, but I guess I don't truly know.
1: So it's an opportunity for individuals that have been working in the field um, to get a master's degree. Um, rather than having to write a thesis, you know, you, you, you've done your thesis work in the essence that you've been working in public service. Um, so now you get a chance to just go in and within a year, you're able to get your degree.
0: And then I I think I'm just about out of questions here, Michelle, but I'm wondering if there's anything, I guess we should be on the lookout for with you in the foundation, Any upcoming projects you want to let us know about if you can even share.
1: Well, I'm excited about our partnership with mayors, Um, but in the end of July, we have already uh, confirmations from several mayors from across the country um, that they want to join our U.S., our our mayors, urban mayors task force. Um, We are going to be meeting with these mayors, hopefully on a quarterly basis and start discussing, like I shared with you, um, where are social entrepreneurs in their cities that are finding solutions to the problems that we want to help them with. And then also very importantly, what are the biggest issues that our communities are facing and what are the commonalities? Um, Because we were pretty strategic in the choices that we made as an organization of those cities. And we have a nice cross section of all of the United States. Um, We have mayors in uh, Rhode Island. We have a mayor that's um, in Kansas City is gonna be part of that. We have somebody in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We have somebody in Sacramento. Um, so so we have this nice combination of individuals um, that, that are gonna be talking with us uh, about what those big issues are. And then we're gonna do some work as a foundation. I'm very excited about this. And then figure out how do we develop an RFP to solve some of the problems that those mayors identify so that we can then start creating some change and hopefully programs that we could take across the country. So I'm very excited about that uh, prospect right now.
0: And when you say RFP, that's fancy government talk for request for proposals, is that right? Correct. Okay, and it sounds like you may have already interacted with some of those mayors mm-hmm. just through your job as mayors. And you mentioned Kansas City, I imagine you two are familiar, but is that kind of true throughout some of your work is that you're just seeing people again in a different role?
1: That is absolutely correct. Actually, that was one of the biggest, you know, I think that what made me fortunate to, to become, you know, the organization be interested in me is my, not just the fact that I'm a mayor, but also my partnership with the U.S. Conference of Mayors and the relationships that we've been able to build across the country with other mayors. So you're right. I mean, we're, we're going to be interacting with mayors in a different capacity, but continuing that relationship.
0: And I imagine this is certainly not the last time any Topekans will hear of you either in your capacity as mayor or in your capacity with the foundation. But I guess, is there anything you want to say to your constituents or to the people now that your four-year term is is just a couple months away from wrapping up?
1: Don't stop. Don't stop improving. Don't stop loving yourself. Topeka is an amazing community. I feel very fortunate and honored that the constituents of this city chose me to lead the community. Um, it's been a wild four years, uh, starting with uh, the fatal shooting of Dominic White and what that meant for our community and you know our community expressing their pain and giving me an education in things that I, as a woman of color, didn't fully understand, uh, being able to, to help our community stick together through that process, uh, being able to celebrate the growth of momentum being chosen by Bloomberg Harvard. Uh, and and just being able to showcase our city. I mean, all of the great things that we've been able to do, the reason that those things are happening and the successes that we're having, I mean, Blaise, you know this, that the city of Topeka is one of the few cities in the country that actually had a surplus after the, the, the pandemic, because we just like doubled down on making sure that we did not mismanage the funds in our community and that we did everything that we could to serve our constituents right. Yesterday, we announced that nine years, we haven't raised the mill levy in nine years. And those things are happening because we have engaged constituents, we have engaged business owners, and we have engaged public leaders. You cannot stop. The desire to improve has to be constant. Um, Have the difficult conversations, push the envelope, and just keep going. And remember that this community is amazing. We are one of the best treasures hidden in the Midwest, and it's time that people learn our story. Yeah, Jim, anything that you want to add about DRK or...
2: No, it's just, I mean, I think we've covered it all. I just want everyone who's listening to know that we are completely committed to Kansas and to do whatever we can do to uh, help a more equitable
1: uh, community. And uh, we're going to be working day and night to make that happen.